chance to participate in this uh, this class. A reboot is uh, for folks that have gone through some sort of what we call trauma. And correct me if I'm if I say anything wrong, please. Uh, <laughs> Jack and Yolanda, but uh, they're running the class on Tuesday evening. This is for anyone uh, who may have gone through a life experience, and trauma is a very loose word, so, you know, it doesn't need to be physical trauma. It can be, you know, emotional trauma or some type of an experience that has just cr really created a burden for you, um, and that's, it's an opportunity to kind of have some folks uh, that have some experience in dealing with this sort of thing, uh, work through that with you. And so that's, and it's a multi-week, how many weeks is it? Twelve weeks um, to go through that. So I, if that's something that you feel would be helpful for you, then it meets right here Tuesday evening at, at six o'clock, uh, right in our family room back there. So, so please take advantage of that. There's another class that just started on Saturday mornings at nine o'clock. Uh, for folks that ha are have a connection to the military. So it could be an active duty member, a retired active duty member, uh, or a reservist, or a family member that was impacted by some kind of event that happened as a result of military service. And uh, did I get that right? Okay. So, um, so and there's a, I know there's a lot of participants in that group already. So take advantage. Yes, sir. Okay, and so for those on Zoom, uh, spouses of those individuals uh, could, could certainly be included in that um, as a participant. Um, okay, moving on, there's a going to be a Hope Church congregational meeting uh, on the 25th. That's in two weeks after the worship service. Okay, and there's a couple of things that are going to be talked about there. One is just the financial status of our church. Uh, which I think is good uh, as, as a, as a uh, prelude to that. But uh, we're also looking at uh, and wanted to talk about the idea of hiring another pastor uh, in an assistant pastor type of role the, with the potential of becoming an associate pastor. There's some financial implications of doing that, um, but we feel like that's um, that's a possibility and something that we feel like the, the God is leading us in that direction as a church. And so we wanted to talk about that. Darden Kaler is who we're talking about. And uh, so he's mentioned in your bulletin. But he was an associate pastor here at Hope Church uh, when the church first started uh, and, and worked here from 2000 to 2006 timeframe. And then he went to Missouri to, um, to start his own church and uh, has a long story there. But basically, he's been in Missouri uh, since 2006, and uh, their daughter is now attending school here at UTSA, and uh, they are they think it's time may be right for them to, to move down here. And so, so there's a lot of a uh, lot of things to talk about, I think, and, and whether that's the right move for us as a, as a church. And so, anyway, the congregational meeting is going to talk about that that subject. Okay. Um, and then the youth group kickoff meeting is also September uh, 25th. So in two weeks, that'll be in the evening on Sunday evening. Uh, and it's going to be a Jell Olympics with a slip and slide and uh, getting messy with kids to kind of kick off the, the new school year. Uh, 
just a reminder, also in November, so we heard uh, Fritz Williams preach. Uh, he's the pastor, uh, African-American, uh, who has a church in Lockhart. Uh, he preached here about a month ago. Um, great, great sermon. And we have decided to go visit his church on November 13th. Uh, and so things are going to look a little different. We'll have more details about what that will look like as we get closer, but I just want you to have that in your minds and on your calendar that we're not going to have church, regular church here. We're going to go to Lockhart, which is about an hour away. It's also the barbecue capital of Texas, so there's that. Maybe the world. Okay, so are there any other announcements that need to be made today? Okay, so... I would like to welcome, it looks like we have one, maybe two children to come forward, the important people, to come right on up here. And I have something I wanted to, to talk about today. <laughs> hey. hey, guys. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So I wanted to um, get up, get, we're, we're going to talk today, and we're going to get the right slide up here in just a minute, I think. Uh, but today, we as a church are talking about a psalm, uh, which is a book of the Bible, and that was written by a man named King David. And King David, when he was a boy, was a shepherd. Do you know what a shepherd does? What does a shepherd do? He's a boy that takes care of his sheep, right? Yep, that's right. That's what a shepherd is. And so are there a lot of shepherds today? Do you know any shepherds? I don't know a single shepherd. Yep, but there are still shepherds today. Uh, well, the Bible talks about uh, uh, King David wrote this these words about him when he was a shepherd because he knew about sheep. And he said, the Lord is my shepherd. And this is one of the things he says, I will fear no evil for you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So I have a couple of props here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the first one here. And when we talk about a rod, it's like something that would, uh, what do you, when you look at this, what do you think about this as being a, a rod? Would this, would you feel like this might protect anyone? You think it would? You would? Yeah? How about the rest of you? You think this will, this will work? No, so so my 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 wife. So I heard I heard today this looks like more like a loaf of bread than a than a rod. But uh, my wife, uh, Miss Lois, that thought I needed a, a good prop to demonstrate what a rod was, and this is what we found. This not doesn't really fit the mark. What about what about this? So this this is something maybe a little bit better, right? So this is in Pastor Tom's office. This is called a walking stick, but I think it could function as a rod too. So how would a shepherd use something like this, do you think? This is strong, right? Yep. And so if you were a sheep and your shepherd carried one of these around, you might feel safe, right? Like if there's a wolf or another type of animal around, um, like this would be a good weapon to help protect the sheep. Yeah, and so I think that's what, what he means by a rod, okay? So, so that's one thing that he talks about. So this, this actually is something that I was able to find on the Internet. So this is what's called 
a staff. Okay, and shepherds use this also. Say again. It's high. It's tall. Yeah, it's very long. Right. So, do you know? Do you have any idea how a shepherd would use use this use this type of a tool, a staff? What's that? He could use it as a walking stick, but I'll tell you what. What it is, it's very personal. So a shepherd can use this to grab a sheep. I bet you know an idea, right? If a sheep is wandering over here, he can kind of put that around its neck or its body and pull it closer to where it needs to be. And so this is different. Uh, it's not. It doesn't. It's not used to hit like the rod is, but it's used to gather the sheep and maybe even save them if they go too far like they're going to lean off of a cliff okay so this is very different and the the bible says in this verse that both the rod and the staff comfort me and so that what that means is that the the lord is our shepherd is like a shepherd he uses a rod like a shepherd uses a rod to protect the sheep and he uses a staff to bring the sheep back when they get go the wrong direction. And that keeps us where we're supposed to be. It keeps us protected and it keeps us where we belong. And that that's should be comforting to us. Does that make sense? Okay, so I have a special job, maybe for you. Really? Yep, so what I'll need you to do when we after I pray for you is to take this back to the classroom and you're going to use this in uh, Hope for Kids. Okay. And and you don't you don't hit anyone and you don't hook anyone with it either, okay? <laughs> all right, all right. So let let me pray for you, dear Heavenly Father. We thank you for today. We thank you for these children, uh, and all of the children, and uh, we thank you for this idea of how you are our shepherd and you protect us uh, from enemies and you protect us by keeping us by using something like a staff to guide us where we need to be and where we need to go. Thank you for being our shepherd. I thank you for these children as they go to Hope for Kids that they would learn more about your love for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And all right, thank you. So that um, staff was, was legitimately, legitimately a shepherd's staff uh, that, is, uh, that could be used for that purpose today so um okay well let's let us pray dear heavenly father we thank you for today <coughs> and uh i i don't want to forget that today is uh, an anniversary of a significant event in our nation's history uh september 11th and so i just pray for our nation and our country and as, as many people have been affected both then and through the years as a result of that, that event. Um, and so I just, uh, just put that uh, before you and we just pray for your, your comfort and uh, as we reflect back on, on, the, on what happened and, and, um, and seek to be your sheep in the midst of, of that.
Lord, I pray for Pastor Tom and uh, Kathy, his, his wife, who are away this week. I pray that you would keep them safe where they are, help w- what they are involved in with a wedding uh, to be uh, just a great time away. Uh, help us to appreciate our, our pastor and, and uh, Kathy even more uh, as, we, uh, as we miss them. Uh, we pray for their safe travel back home. Lord, we pray um, for all of our, uh, our, our churches that, are, uh, that we have relationships with all over the world uh, and including in the United States. I just pray for them this morning as they uh, seek to do your will. Lord, I pray for our military and our, uh, our first responders uh, and people that are in harm's way, people that are on duty all the time, that you would continue to be with them and keep them safe and bring them home safely. And where people have suffered uh, due to their service, that you would continue to, to heal them. I'm thankful for this group uh, reboot that seeks to do just that. Um, Lord, I pray for our national leaders uh, in office. I pray that you would give them wisdom, and I would pray that you would help them to seek your will and that your will be done on earth as in heaven. Lord, there are many among us who are um, who are in sorrow for various circumstances, either in poor health or have lost a loved one uh, or remembering a lost loved one uh, even years ago. Uh, Just pray for your comfort and peace. um, And as a church, help us to know how we can minister to those who uh, need comfort. Lord, um, I pray for uh, for me today as I seek to, to share uh, what you have shown me about uh, this very familiar passage, I, pr- I, I know that uh, my words are not important. It is you going through whatever I say and uh, through this process. I just pray that you, you would be present uh, and that we would all learn more about how you guide us in this life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. So how many how many folks had to learn Psalm 23 as a child and recite it? Is it there, there's a few hands that have people who who have uh, had to learn it. Um, I learned it at a couple of different stages of my of my life, and and one of the things I would say is it you know it has a it has a it can have a tendency just to be so familiar that we don't really think about what it what it means because of that, and and so one of my hopes is that we would maybe learn something new about it. And so, um, so let's go ahead and start uh, with our with our slides. I wanted to talk a little bit about me, uh, not that that's important, but just to give you some perspective of who I am. Cause I haven't met everyone. I know some of you more uh, than others, but uh, you can see these photographs um, that are uh, on the on the slide here. So my wife Lois, uh, we've been married 31 years. Um, and uh, and uh, best best decision on earth uh, I made was to to marry her. And that is, there's a story of how that all came together. And, and uh, you know I don't think either of us really uh, were fully in control of it. But uh, I'm I'm thankful that that uh, you know in all in all honesty that God brought us together because uh, that's that is how it happened. Um, and three sons, so Calvin. Uh, is here my oldest, Zachary is at the soundboard, and then Wesley is right here. 
So these pictures are, are two significant events in their lives. So Calvin, our oldest, graduated from the University of Texas in Austin uh, this past May, and <coughs> he lives up in Dallas now as a chemical engineer. And um, Zachary is uh, at the soundboard. He goes to UTSA. He's got another year. Uh, he was he just did an internship at USAA. Uh, great facility, by the way. And uh, and recently just got no, no news that he, he'll be hired by USAA uh, after he graduates from school this this summer. Yeah, right. <coughs> and uh, and then Wesley graduated from high school. Uh, this past May as well, and we just moved him down to Corpus Christi, um, where he's going to school at Texas A&M, uh, Corpus Christi, studying math. Zachary's studying computer science. So, um, so thankfully, they're all close, and they can come home, you know, and, and we get to get to see them. Um, so I, <coughs> so I, I retired from the Air Force. This is my prompt to start talking about something else. Um, <coughs> so I'm a retired Air Force physician. I retired from the military three years ago, um, and uh, you can see our picture there at my retirement ceremony. Some of you were there, and that was a fun event. Um, <coughs> and but I also served. So I mentioned 9/11, uh, 21 years ago. So 9/11 didn't just affect um, people that day. It affected people for years. It affected us. Uh, I deployed to Iraq in 2000 six and early 2007 during the surge and I saw a lot of crazy stuff while I was there um, and uh, you know <coughs> so it, it, it was significant it was significant it affected the family too whenever there's a deployment um, so anyway that's some of my history I only deployed once I'm, I'm still serving as a federal civilian uh, I'm a professor of medicine as an endocrinologist and I'm the dean overseeing military graduate medical education here in San Antonio so these this group shot of people in the audience was our graduation ceremony of people in our in the program so 232 graduates from all the different specialties of medicine and there's some allied health like physical therapy occupational therapy so on and so forth so as they go into the world um, so so that's kind of who I am and what I do on a daily basis uh, what I never became was a pilot I wanted to become a pilot and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that but there you know, not everything was worked out early in my life, and I had a significant turn of events, and I'll mention a, a little more details about that, but that plane right there is like the devil's plane, <laughs> uh, <coughs> and that is a T-37, and uh, it kind of, you can see that windshield is sort of like a bubble, and it just kind of floats through the air, and uh, more, more about why that's important uh, coming up. It's not streamlined whatsoever, and I was never a farmer two generations from the farm, um, and definitely never a shepherd. I mentioned I never have, I don't even know any shepherds, so like, why am I here qualified to talk about, you know, the Lord is my shepherd? Um, I did do some research, and I hope to share some of that with you. Um, I'm not handy either, so, so Lois will tell you that, so like, being able to work with my hands, and like, I, I like to get tinker in some things, but I, it always takes you know, three times as long as I thought it would ever take, and, you know, it's just better to not sometimes, so, <coughs> so, even though I have a, a, some prestige in worldly terms, and, and some of what I do, definitely limitations in, in other aspects of my, of my existence, and, uh, you know, so, we're happy for people who can actually do things with their hands and fix stuff, and, and I'm not one of those people. 
Yes, many. Okay, so I mentioned earlier that Psalm 23 <coughs> is familiar to many of us, maybe maybe too familiar, and we kind of forget why, why, why this is an important passage of Scripture. And so, I th- and so what I wanted to talk about this morning is who wrote it, why, why was it written, or maybe what were some of the circumstances that maybe led it to be read. And you can, it, we're good. We're playing with this, and why sheep, um, in terms of the mechanics of this, no problem. We will get through it, and I will adjust. Uh, why sheep, and why is that an important metaphor? Sheep, is, sheep are the most included animal in the entire Bible. Um, so more, more references to sheep than any other creature, which is interesting. So what does that mean to us today, this psalm, and what should our response be? Okay, so that's kind of where I'm going. So let me read this, this very familiar hymn, <coughs> or psalm. It is also a hymn. We sang it, sang a lot of it this morning. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. So my goal for you today is really to take when you hear this word, the Lord's my shepherd, I am hopeful because I have some pictures and that's kind of some of what I do in teaching is like get p- pictures of stuff. <coughs> I'm hopeful that there'll be some new images that come to mind when you hear the words, the Lord's my shepherd, and it'll connect with you in some way. You know, I also want to say <coughs> that, uh, you know, each of us is different. Each of us comes here and has very different experiences, very different things that are going on right now. And so I'm going to pose some questions throughout, <coughs> you know, and everyone's going to have kind of a different response, and that's perfectly normal. So, you know, what I would ask is, like, what is, what is, when I hear these words, what is it telling me? What does it mean to me? And I'll pose some questions kind of along the way to maybe help, help you think about that and process that. The key message, <coughs> I think, overriding theme is when we, acknowledge our position as sheep, and we'll get into kind of why we would have a position as sheep, we find ourselves in the care of the perfect shepherd, and that shepherd's Jesus Christ. Okay, so we'll hit back on that. All right, (coughs) so I want to talk a little bit about David, King David. Okay, so we all (coughs) kind of know some some, uh, different stories about King David probably, uh, but I'm going to suggest he had a difficult life in a lot of ways. Uh, and so he, in terms of you know, him writing about this concept of the Lord is my shepherd, he had th- trouble in his life. So he's a relatable author with relatable struggles. And I think some of, I'm going to go through some of, the, some of the challenges that he had in his life. Some of these will ring with some of you, uh, and others won't, you know, and that's, that's all okay. So he had humble beginnings, 
Okay, he was a shepherd. And he was the youngest of many sons. So you, does it, anybody know? It's number eight. He's number eight. Son number eight. So there were seven sons older than him. It's bad enough being number three, right? <laughs> um, that's not bad. There's some good aspects of being number three. But he was the youngest of eight sons. And I would say he was, in some respects, disregarded by his own father. We don't, re- we don't know a whole lot of details other than that. But we do know when it came time for which of the sons is going to be, you know, anointed as king. Because Samuel was coming to l- looking, right? Uh, Jesse brought out his sons, but not David. Not the youngest. The youngest one tending the sheep he left out the field. But surely it can't be that one, right? Um, so, so, you know, we don't know a whole lot of details of that, but I would suggest maybe not really being recognized by his own father, um, as, as something that he had to deal with and kind of wrestle and understand what did that mean as he was growing up. Uh, of course, being a shepherd was a very common, um, thing because sheep were around and it was a nomadic culture in many respects, um, you know, so not a high esteemed position as a, as a shepherd. Uh, he did have some impactful life experiences. He killed a bear. We know that. He killed a lion while protecting his sheep. So he knew what it meant to use a rod, right? We know the story about how he killed Goliath, you know, and I think him having those events where he killed a bear and had to protect sheep and, or killed a lion gave him the faith or the confidence to, um, that uh, that he would be able to rise to that occasion of killing Goliath. And there's other experiences that they're very similar, like, you know, being having to go into battle and being victorious that were uh, very impactful, uh, which would have given him a strong faith that God was with him. Uh, he had a dysfunctional boss. Uh, so when he went to court uh, after Goliath, uh, the Goliath event, he was invited to court to go be, play the harp for Saul. And Saul was kind of bipolar. Uh, so he would love David, but then he would throw a spear at him. Uh, the next day, uh, probably very unpredictably, and, and David had to f- run for his life. Um, so having a dysfunctional boss, I think uh, some of us may be able to relate to on some, well, he had it more severely, I would say. Uh, most of our bosses haven't tried to actually kill us, uh, but he had that experience. He was, a, a dan- he had a dangerous promotion uh, in that he was anointed while the king was still in place. So that probably created some interesting dynamics. He experienced personal failure. So he sinned in a major bad way when he was the king. He committed adultery, uh, stole the wife of one of his generals, and invited that general uh, back uh, to try and cover up for it. Didn't work. So he ultimately, he made arrangements for have that general die in battle uh, through a maneuver that he orchestrated for that purpose. I mean, really horrific. And he was called out on it um, and uh, had to suffer some consequences of it. So personal failure, personal sin, we can relate to that. Uh, maybe not the same thing, but maybe, maybe the same type of thing. Um, and... Uh, he lost his son as a result of that. So the child that was came out of that died, right? And there were other consequences. He had other consequences, wh- you know, where he mi- took a misstep and 
some of his people died as a result of that. So being responsible for death of his people, his own blood and his people, he had to carry that. He had conflict in his family. There was conflict between his children. One of his sons wanted to kill him and overthrow him. So, I mean, what, how's that? Uh, finally, he had an unrealized unre- dream in that he had a vision. God put a vision in his mind to build the temple for him. He wanted to do that, and that was taken away from him, the ability to do that. And his son Solomon was ultimately who built the temple. So a lot of struggle in this life, okay? And this is the person who writes Psalm 23. We don't know exactly when he wrote this psalm, but we think it was towards the end of his life, uh, probably having had these experiences, you know, and the culmination is the best place for me to be is the Lord is my shepherd, and I need to have that position as the sheep and recognize that's the best place for me to, to be in life. Okay, let's go. Why, so why are, why are sheep important? Let's talk about sheep. Some of this is why are they, you know, why are they like us? They lack a sense of direction. They need a shepherd. If they don't have a shepherd, they just kind of wander and, and go nowhere. Um, they lack a means of defense, so they don't they don't have the ability to to protect themselves. They need a shepherd that has a rod that will protect them. Um, they're basically just waiting for the wolf to come eat them. You know, if they don't have a have a protection, they can't care for themselves when wounded. They need tending. Um, you know, whenever there's some kind of a problem, uh, otherwise they will just suffer and not be able to help themselves. They can't get up, and we'll have a picture of that. Uh, but literally, like if they fall, they can't get up. They they need help to, to get themselves upright. And uh, you'll see more about that in a little bit. They're emotional and fearful. Uh, they're easily spooked. And there's definitely a hurt effect. You know, if like one gets spooked and not, they all get spooked. Uh, if one does something, like all of them tend to do the same thing, you know, without really asking, like, what are we doing here? Um, they're not... Equipped very well to carry burdens, you know, so, you know, when we, we get a horse or an ox to carry something, like sheep don't carry anything, right? <coughs> They're just there. They will settle for less, um, like whatever water, even if it's not good water, healthy water, they will be content to just sit there and drink it, even if it makes them sick, you know, or they will eat at the pi- pasture that has been worn down and is really not helpful for them or that pasture, uh, and so they will be content to just do what's right there and whether it's good for them or not and not seek what's better. They need the shepherd to lead them. Despite all this, they have inherent value, right? Uh, in very practical terms, they have wool, you know, meat, breeding, whatever. But, you know, they are valuable such that there are people that serve as shepherds that invest significant uh, livelihood to care for them, okay? And so... Despite all these flaws, you know, some of these are things that we can relate to in our own existence. Uh, Sheep have value and we have value. Okay? All right. So that's why the sheep, this is a great book. I I would recommend this book if you haven't seen it or read it. It's called, if you can't read that, it's The Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. So this was written by a, a modern day shepherd. Some of the content I will give to you. Um, but, uh, um, you know, it just, you know, if you don't know anything about sheep and you want to learn about, oh, well, what's, what's this mean? Uh, this is a great resource for that. So, all right, well, let's start talking about <coughs> Psalm 23. 
And, and the idea here is that it's really a promise of perfect care. Um, first uh, verse is, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And the concept here is that the Lord owns me. I belong to the Lord. And here in this whole passage, David, as a shepherd, he's writing this all of these words as if he's the sheep, right? So the Lord's my shepherd, that means I am the sheep, right? The Lord is over me. The Lord owns me. Uh, and he says, and so I belong to the Lord. And I shall not want means I don't need anything uh, beyond what the Lord is providing for me. Um, and I don't need to be looking elsewhere. You know, whatever I'm getting from the, the Lord, you know, the things that I'm learning about through reading his word, um, the the circumstances that I'm I, that I find myself in, I don't need to, you know, I don't need to. Yeah, you can ch you can try to change your circumstances. I don't want mean to say that, you know, in a, in an appropriate way. But I should not be so discontent with where I am that I need to be just changing uh, my circumstances. The, the the Lord is providing for what my needs are, and that's really kind of what that's getting at. I shall not want. So am I am I content? The question, the thought question is, is am I content? with where I am in life, wh where the Lord has placed me. Am I content in that? Or am I always kind of trying to figure out where do I want to be because I'm not content here? So there's a level of, and again, it's not that you can't grow and develop and, 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 and uh, that's not what I mean. Uh, but, but am I content in where I have been placed? You know, and can I serve in this place? Uh, the military often says, um, to its officers, um, you know, what's the best thing that you can be focusing on right now? You know, because people tend to be like looking five years, you know, in the future. What do I need to do to get to where I need to be five years in the future? And I like this concept that the best thing you can be doing right now is to do your job that you're in right now really well. You know, be content in where you're at. So that's, it hits on that in a secular way. Um, so these are pictures of of and the Lord leads me is the next next idea. Uh, so he says he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And I want to point out a couple of things. So this is a picture of sheep that are lying down in a green pasture. And I don't know if those waters are really still or not, but it, it's still right now because it's a picture, right? <coughs> uh, and uh, so sheep will not lie down uh, unless there are certain things happening okay or certain things not happening so they won't lie down if they are infested with parasites which is a real thing okay um and it's and we'll talk about that a little bit later about what shepherds do to help prevent that but if if they're fighting with bugs you know there's something in there that's like bugging them literally um um that's one reason if they're hungry so if they have a physical hunger they're not going to lie down because they're going to be wanting to eat, right? If they're thirsty. Uh, or as uh, th as they are uh, mingling with other sheep, if there's unrest with other sheep, they won't lie down because they're concerned about what's going on with these other sheep. And, you know, I don't like that one over there. And, um <coughs> they won't lie down if they're fearful of predators as well, okay? So this idea that the Lord... He makes me lie down in green pastures. 
implies that all of these things, not let's back up, I'm not done. Um, it's all good. Um, that's a clue that you need to hurry, maybe. But I think we're doing good. Um, <laughs> I'm watching that clock right there. Yeah, no, yeah, don't watch the clock. All right. Um, so, so this implies that the Lord's taking care of all that stuff. He's He's taking care of the, you know, the the bugs in our life, whatever these little nits are, uh, our physical needs, uh, our conflicts that we are are dealing with, and the predators that are around us. The Lord's got that, and helps us to lie down and rest. Okay, so what are the, so the question to kind of think about is what are the things that are keeping you from rest? What are those things? Have you have you brought it to the? Have you prayed about it? Have you brought it to the Lord? Um, and it's it's funny. I you know I was talking to Jen earlier, who's teaching the children now. Like you know I'm a little. There's a lot of there's some things that are happening in my work life that are happening right now. And like why is this happening right now? And as I as I'm getting ready to talk about this this very psalm and like in my own life like can i am i gonna do what i'm talking about here or am i gonna worry about this and it's easier said than done um all right still water uh there's a lot of good water sources that shepherds um that are, are caring for their sheep uh dew on the grass is surprising something that surprised me i learned that from the book so dew on the grass is a major w- water source and so shepherds will get their sheep up at early or early morning to get that water that's there um um so we need a good shepherd of course you know a stream deep wells uh, uh, and uh, or other uh, other good sources of water but the other question i wanted to ask is where is your green pasture and where you know where is your place of rest you know and um sometimes there can be something that is restful that has been provided for us and we just don't really recognize that it's there uh, where all of our needs are right right there for us okay next next uh, theme is the lord restores me he restores my soul he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake and let's get that picture because i want you to see this picture this is really fascinating to me so has anybody does anybody have any experience with sheep and what this situation is okay what what is that sheep on a on its back and can't get up so this is called a cast sheep like it's cast over and you know i mean from my reading um and you know research into this like this sheep won't will die Uh, you know they, they get turned over the wrong way they cannot write themselves up, and they will just, they'll die if nobody is there to get them turned over, which is fascinating. So when we talk about the Lord restores me, um, you know, it's it's significant. Um, this is a, a shepherd's mentality. is like the sheep is, is going to just sit there and die if the shepherd doesn't restore the sheep. Um, and... Uh, you know, and he says, um, not for my sake, but for his sake, he does it. Um, so when he restores us, you know, that is a story that can be used, um, you know, for us to be placed in a place that's good and right, for us to do good and right uh, for him. 
acknowledging that the Lord has done that for us. Okay. So I'm going to tell a little bit of a story. I think the next slide, uh, I mentioned that I did not, uh, I, I never became a pilot. So I'm going to give you a little anatomy and physiology lesson here. So, so this, I hope you can see that. Yeah, okay. The image there is not as, not as good, but, um, or not as clear. So the ear, inside the ear, there are these, the, the blue area there, that's what's called the semicircular canals, okay? And so there's fluid that, that is freely moving in those canals. So when you turn your head a certain way, like you sense it, and there's hairs that are in the, on the edge of those canals that sense the movement of the fluid, the resistance of the fluid doesn't turn with your head, and that sends a signal to your brain that I'm moving, right? And so you have basically one of these in each of the three axes, um, and so you have a very intricate mechanism to sense motion through this, through this, situ through this uh, physiology. Okay, so let's go to so the the problem happens. So when you fly, you know, and you're getting all these movements, uh, what happens is your if your eyes, which is another source of information, if your eyes are sending different signals to your brain and they don't jive up, like you're moving, but I don't see that we're moving, um, that's what creates a condition called air sickness. And if it's severe enough, it creates another condition called vomiting. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's the worst, yeah, right, eject. <laughs> All right. And uh, so look, let's go to the next slide. So I had this problem. I had this problem. I, I really wanted to be a pilot. I saw Top Gun in 1986, the year before I went to the Air Force Academy, you know, and I was like, I wanted to be a pilot. And I thought I was going to be a pilot. And so I studied engineering because I was good in math and science, but I really never thought I'd be an engineer. I was going to be a pilot. And, um, so this, they, it's not uncommon to have this problem. And there's this chair that they will put you in, uh, pil pilots that are struggling with this problem. And this is just, this makes me almost sick just looking at it. Um, so, so they put you in this chair and they spin you, you know, to, ge to ge generate motion in, the, in those canals. And then they have you maneuver in different ways. That and, and basically, it, it makes you feel like you're spinning uh, or tumbling. Um, and the idea is, okay, we're going we're gonna to get you sick. And then we're going to help you practice techniques to avoid you getting sick. And, you know, and then that's worse than anything that can ever potentially happen in that airplane, which is true. And, and uh, so anyway, it, so I, I went through that, uh, and it worked for a time. Um, and, uh, but then the next phase of pilot training, after I kind of got through that, that training, uh, it, it involved doing aerobatic maneuvers in the, in the air. And bottom line is it just didn't, wasn't meant to work out. It didn't work out, and and so so in my life that was a that was a that was a pit, you know. Like I thought I was going a certain way. I wanted to be a certain thing. I thought I was going to be a certain thing, and I wasn't. And if and it failed, I was terminated from training from this training program uh, to become an Air Force pilot, and I had to kind of reevaluate where I was going to be. We were married. You know, the military has assignments, so I wasn't sure, like, where are we going to live? You know, because if I'm done with training, you know, am I going to be assigned? We're going to be assigned to the same place, and thankfully we were, most mostly. But in the course of her time in the military, seven years, we were 
apart um, more than two years cumulative out of that. And some couples have a harder harder time uh, with it. But at any rate, I illustrate that. That was a bit, that was a that was a tough time for me, and uh, I think. But ultimately, the Lord restored me out of that condition, and I, you know, I'm I'm okay in terms. Of if I don't, if I'm not on a small plane, um, you know, a big airliner, then I'm I'm good to go. <laughs> so, all right, let's go to the next next point. Um, okay, the Lord protects me, uh, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. Okay. Um, this is a sh- this is a picture of protection, of a shepherd protecting his sheep, carrying the sheep, um, and you know the verse talks about the even though through the valley of the shadow of death, and I know um, death is something that we are all going to have to wrestle with. But the idea of that term is that the darkest place, even death, uh, we need to deal with it either ourselves; it will come to all of us. Um, or in someone that we love. And um, the verse says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that implies that place is not permanent. It's we're walking through. And this is the first time in this verse, so all of the other verses up to this point, so the Lord's my shepherd, and he, 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 you know, it's all third person says, you are with me, is what he says. The second person is more personal in that experience of walking through the shadow of the valley of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So I mentioned the valley of the shadow of death is is temporary. It's a transition point for shepherds of feeding from one feeding place to another. So going through the valley uh, of, the sh- of the shadow of death, which can be a dangerous place, but it's a transition point. Um, my thought question is, when was a time that you felt God's presence or most close to God? And was it in a time of being in a valley, in a dark spot? Um, you know, we talk a lot about, uh, you know, if everything's good, working out all the time, you know, it's easy to kind of feel like, uh, well, I've got everything under control, you know, myself. Um, but when we hit the valley, you know, that's when the time is perhaps that we need God the most and that we feel God's presence the most. And I think that's why it probably changes to you are with me, uh, although we don't really know why that's there. Um, next point is the Lord comforts me. So we talked about the rod and the staff earlier. So the rod is really representing the shepherd's power and authority uh, and strength to protect. Um, and that is certainly a, a, a device for, of comfort in that it provides a, a, a place of, of uh, tranquility. Uh, the staff is more about kindness and personal relationship and like come to me so the staff can be used to pull sheep from a dangerous very dangerous spot of course but also just to gather the sheep and to gather the sheep close to the shepherd so I think that's a good way to think of it it's contact contact with the shepherds maybe another way to to think of it so um, that staff by the way is is for the church so we're going to have that staff 
and uh, I hope it's a conversation piece for us. All right, let's move on to the next one. Um, the Lord provides for my needs. This is about uh, verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup over overflows. And he prepares a place for us. That is providing for our needs. This table, this idea of a table in relation to sheep is like a, the high plateau. It's a place for grazing at a time of year. So uh, sheep move from one place to the other, but there's a time of season where they go up. Uh, and so on some level, you know, in terms of what this means for a shepherd is, you know, getting the sheep up above everything else, you know, in a, in a safe spot, in a good place where um, there is good, good, good eating to be had uh, for that season of time uh, in the presence of enemies. So, of course, the, rod, the shepherd has his rod to protect against that. Um, the anointing picture here. Uh, so I think most people, when they read it, they think it's talking about David being anointed as king or something like that. Uh, so interesting here is this sheep is being anointed with oil, <coughs> and that is to protect against bugs. Uh, and so that is a that is a, this is a real thing, um, and so anointing the head with oil is is I mean it could also mean David's royalty, but I think also it just means God is very uh, intentional about meeting every need, uh, anointing head with oil, which provides the protection uh, in a very real real sense. Uh, I you know I I do think we uh, can certainly be anointed to a higher calling as certainly David. David was. Um, God calls us to places more than we can imagine, you know, and so this idea of preparing a table in the presence of enemies, you know, he's preparing this uh, circumstance for us more than we can imagine. I think that's certainly true, more than what we can plan on our own. So the thought question is, what is God preparing for you in your life, you know, and are you taking notice of what, what God is doing? Okay, last verse is about the Lord wanting to spend eternity with me, with us. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So all of these aspects of care that we've been talking about are eternal, and it's never-ending. And the thought question that hits me and hits us is why, how does this change your perspective on the problems that you are facing right now? Knowing that God's provision for us is eternal. And why is this so hard? <laughs> why is it so hard for us to lose focus and lose sight of this and focus more, give more attention to things that are bothering us today than they need to? So having an eternal focus, I think, is really important and uh, the humanity in us makes it hard okay um so those are the six verses i do want to hit a couple more points so this is uh this is a funny picture of a sheep um <coughs> but uh this verse from isaiah uh is i think a, ver a great one uh all, all we like sheep have gone astray we have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. 
we studied this particular verse a couple weeks ago when we did the Messiah, the Handel's Messiah study. This is this is put to music. It's very uh, excellently put to music in the way that this, the music plays through these words. You know, like the sheep are all running around, you know, doing their own thing, and then boom, the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Um, so David had written Psalm 23 about a thousand years before Christ. Isaiah had written this about 700 uh, years before Christ or so, somewhere in that ballpark. So about 300, this was written about 300 years after Psalm 23. So I think there was probably, it's logical to think that there, there was knowledge. Isaiah had knowledge of Psalm 23 when he wrote these words. Uh, and so this idea of sheep, you know, we're like those sheep uh, that the shepherd takes care of, but we've gone astray. And he introduces this idea that the Lord is going to put on someone uh, all of that burden that we have created. So the point here is that we are the sheep, right? And we've already talked about all the different ways that we are similar to sheep. David's solution was to recognize his position as a sheep. And thankfully, it's not on us to save ourselves. And in fact, we can't. Um, and this verse was written when it was 700 years before Christ, 300 years after Psalm 23. And um, basically, the concept of a savior, you know, a messiah, if you will, uh, needing to be uh, the solution for our problem uh, was, it was put in the scripture, uh, forecasting Jesus Christ. And of course, Jesus, if we go to the next slide, uh, claims to be the good shepherd. Uh, and directly. So it's certainly Jesus is very familiar with Psalm 23, very familiar with Isaiah. And he's saying, I'm this person. I am it. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. It's pretty, pretty, pretty awesome. So clearly a reference to both passages that Jesus says. He claims to be the good shepherd. He claims all aspects of being that shepherd in Psalm 23, owning us, leading us, restoring us, protecting us, comforting us, providing for us, and wanting to be with us for eternity. And his claim to lay down his life for the sheep points back to Isaiah 53, that he is the one upon whom our iniquity or sin would be placed. Romans 5.8 says this, that, that this is how God has demonstrated his love for us. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. So key point again is when we acknowledge our position as sheep, we find ourselves in the care of the perfect shepherd and Jesus Christ is the good shepherd and our good shepherd. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we, um, we thank you for being our shepherd. We thank you for these words of King David and, um, that were written. Um, we think towards the end of his, his life after having gone through so many uh, trials and struggles of his own, but found that the true place in rest was to recognize his place as a sheep in the care of you, his shepherd, and all of the different ways that that is important. 
in relevant. Uh, we thank you for, for that image. Um, and we thank you for the words of Isaiah uh, that connect those words to you and that you how you claimed that and came, came to be our shepherd and came to die on the cross for us to make us clean uh, so that we can fully be taken care of um, and be placed in the right position with you. Lord, we thank you um, just for um, for all of this. Uh, we thank you that uh, you know we were able to be here today, and we just pray that um, all of the different potential applications uh, would just ring true in each of our hearts. Help us to know how we can um, take this today and, and serve you better in this place and in our community. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.